I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, May 2nd. I'm Michael Guidry in for Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a school year comes to a close and a new law with major implications for educators waits in the wings. We talk with a proud proponent as well as a fierce opponent of Mississippi's ban on critical race theory. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. But first, a Mississippi sheriff says a law enforcement officer shot and killed one of the people suspected of firing shots at a crawfish festival. In response to the shootings, organizers canceled the final day of the Mississippi Mudbug Festival at the Jackson Fairgrounds. Hines County Sheriff Tyree Jones says several people were taken to local hospitals with unknown injuries after gunfire Saturday night. The shootings come amidst a years-long bump in gun violence in Jackson and in Mississippi as a whole. Every Town for Gun Safety and Moms Demand Action, two organizations centered on ending gun violence, partnered with local churches in Jackson this weekend to collect small memorial items from survivors of gun violence. Tangela Mason Shelby brought an item in honor of her son, Kamandre Mason, who was shot and killed in Jackson in 2017. He lives forever in my heart. We need to know as a community, when you lose someone, it's not, once they're gone, that's not the end of it. We want their name to be relevant. We want their presence to stay here on earth while we're here. According to Everytown, Mississippi's gun laws are among the least restrictive in the country. The weather is hot and the year is winding down for kids at Mississippi schools and universities. After summer break, students will return to curricula informed by Senate Bill 2113. That law prohibits teachers from directing young Mississippians to, quote, affirm that any sex, race, ethnicity, religion, or national origin is inherently superior, end quote. It cruised through both chambers of the state legislature, which are dominated by Republican lawmakers. But on the way, it faced fierce resistance from black legislators, most of whom are Democrats. Black senators went so far as to walk off the floor as their white counterparts voted on the bill. Douglas Carswell, who leads a conservative think tank called the Mississippi Center for Public Policy, credits himself as having a major role in getting Senate Bill 2113 passed. He speaks with Mississippi Edition producer Rob Lane. The bill seeks to prevent teachers from compelling any young American in Mississippi to believe that some people are inherently superior or inferior on the basis of their immutable characteristics. It's very much a bill that is in line with 
what I think Martin Luther King dreamt of when he said that he wanted America to become a country where individuals were judged not on the color of their skin, but on the content of the character. And this bill gives that expression and makes sure that this radical, divisive ideology, critical race theory, is not allowed to uh, be promoted in Mississippi classrooms. And the Mississippi Center for Public Policy wrote the text of the legislation? That's right. We presented a, a report in October. And the first thing we did is look to see if there was any evidence that critical race theory is being promoted in Mississippi. Critical race theory is a very divisive ideology. It maintains that the United States is founded on racial supremacy and oppression. But despite being um, uh, something that exists, it's, it's very difficult to define. So what we wanted to do in the report is to see whether or not these dangerous ideas are actually being promoted. And we found, I'm afraid to say, strong evidence that they are being promoted. In our report, we produced clear evidence that critical race theory is being promoted in Mississippi. But we didn't just want to point to the problem. We wanted to propose a constructive solution. And we think that the bill that we proposed at the end of our report, which uh, um, has strongly influenced the legislation that's just been passed, we think it does this in a way that is, is sensible and consistent with the idea of freedom and liberty. We, we didn't want to try to propose a piece of legislation that would either be found unconstitutional because it would inhibit people's uh, Bill of Rights freedoms, and we certainly didn't want to do anything that would try to ban certain ideas. You, you can't, in a free society, try to ban certain ideas just because you find them disagreeable. So we thought this was a, a sensible way forward. You mentioned that report in which you found, you say, evidence that concepts from critical race theory were being taught in public schools in Mississippi. Can you point to anything yes. specific? One very specific and disturbing thing is that the Mississippi Department of Education recommending that teachers use teaching resources provided by organizations that are very explicitly promoting critical race theory. Um, if you look at our report, you will see an appendix we uh, replicated there, um, produced by the Mississippi Department of Education, and it proposes that teachers should be using resources provided by organizations such as uh, the Zinn Project, named after Howard Zinn, the uh, famous um, extreme uh, progressive historian. Um, and these, uh, these teaching resources advocate the idea that um, America is a country built on racial supremacy and oppression. And these teaching resources also promote the idea that the U.S. Constitution, legal system and institutions are inherently racist. And I think that that is both objectionable and, and wrong. And I don't think that Mississippi Department of Education should be uh, recommending that teachers use those resources. Even more disturbingly was the evidence we found in certain public universities. There are, of course, one or two um, courses at a number of universities that are explicitly labeled critical race theory courses. But it's not so much that that concerned us. There were a large number of courses at uh, Old Miss, at Mississippi State, at one or two other universities that promote courses that may not call themselves critical race theory courses, but they are marinated in that kind of thinking. And they leave their students with a clear impression that America is a country founded on racial supremacy and oppression. And I think that that is, that is wrong. Now, obviously, in a, a free country with 
people having a, a freedom of expression and freedom of thought and freedom of speech, you can't possibly try to, to ban people from um, teaching bad ideas. What you can do is put a, a, an obligation on universities to allow a diversity of ideas so that good ideas are able to compete against these bad ideas. What our bill, I think, does is prevent teachers from uh, compelling students to believe that um, some people, some Americans are inherently superior or inferior to other Americans based on various immutable characteristics. Let's get into the nitty gritty there. What's the difference between presenting an idea to students and compelling students to believe a certain thing? Well, I don't believe in Marxism. I would love to be able to talk to students about the importance of the free market. I don't think I'd be able to teach students about the free market if I wasn't able to make any reference to Marxism. So I, I think you've got to be careful that you don't prevent teachers from being able to teach a wide variety of different viewpoints. But I think there is a clear difference between that and, as our legislation says, compelling students to believe. You can certainly expose them and introduce them to the ideas. I certainly wouldn't want to pass a law that meant that a teacher or a professor wasn't allowed to discuss these ideas. What I don't think a, a, a professor should be able to do is to mark down a student for not accepting these ideas or, or, or for marking down and penalizing a student who rejected these ideas. Certainly, it sounds like you have something of an adversarial relationship with the Department of Education on this particular issue. Did you consult with them or with any teachers, educators in the state uh, before making a big push on this bill? We consulted very widely. I spoke to a, a large number of teachers, to some um, retired teachers, a number of uh, um, retired and um, school board superintendents. Um, I talked to a number of officials at a state level. Um, I also reached out to a number of professors at some of the universities. Um, one of the things that most disturbed me is the fact that a number of people in the universities were willing to talk to me, but not to do so publicly. They were so concerned about uh, the doctrinaire views on campus that they were willing to share the content of courses with me, but they were absolutely adamant that that had to be done privately without them, their names coming to light. And to me, that says that actually these ideas of critical race theory are really actually not just being taught at university. They're pretty well established. In, in, in some sense, they have become the establishment orthodoxy on campus. I, I think that's rather concerning and, and, and rather alarming. What would you say to black Mississippians who express concern that this bill will suppress or prevent teachers from sharing lessons from Mississippi's often ugly history of racism and from the civil rights movement? I think it's absolutely imperative that every young Mississippian is taught about the past, taught about the grimness of the past, and is made to understand and appreciate the extraordinary achievements of heroes like Dr. Martin Luther King. Nothing in this bill prevents the teaching of, of history and honest and sometimes uncomfortable history. And I think for a state like Mississippi, it's, it's absolutely vital that that, that happens. Um, you can probably tell by my accent, I'm not a, a, a native Mississippian. One of the first things I did when I moved to Mississippi was 
go and take my family to the Civil Rights Museum, precisely because I think it's such an important part of this state's history and its past, and it's that past that shapes the present and the future. We, we, we can't possibly ignore that. I, I think that there is not a single person in Mississippi, I hope, that would disagree with the main aim of the bill. And let me, let me read it to you that no public institution of higher education, school district, or public school shall direct or otherwise compel students to personally affirm that any sex, race, ethnicity, religion, color, or national origin is inherently superior or inferior. I, I can't possibly imagine how anyone, let alone anyone in the tradition of the civil rights movement, could find anything in that remotely objectionable. So I think it's a case of making sure that people understand what is in the bill and ignoring some of those knee-jerk agitators who are trying to use this to divide Mississippians. Oscar Denton, who is a Democratic uh, representative, uh, state representative, he said this during his uh, floor speech regarding the bill. It's about 30 seconds here. We didn't even know nothing about no CRT three years ago. But now, all of a sudden, it is the Republicans' thing. And it's just like everybody don't say it, just so you can go back home and have something to frown to, to say, this is what I did, which is nothing. I would rather stand with God and be condemned by the world than to stand with man and let God condemn me. I want to just point out two things there. The first, it seems that he's saying that he's not necessarily so much concerned about the text of the bill, but perhaps that the bill could be serving as sort of a dog whistle to constituents of certain legislators who might espouse racist beliefs. I'm hoping you can address that one. And two, I'm hoping you can address just the raw anger that I know you can hear there. You said you're concerned that critical race theory is a divisive concept is it possible that you've created even more division by bringing this issue to the governor's desk? I'm really pleased that the lawmakers seem to accept that there's not actually anything in the text of this bill per se that is objectionable. Um, one of the criticisms I've heard of the bill is that the bill might actually lead to subsequent changes in the law. Well, I think it's important to judge the bill on the basis of what the bill actually says. And as, as the lawmaker admitted, there's nothing in this bill per se that's objectionable. Now, I, I understand the passion with which the lawmaker and others spoke, and I think it, it, it's all the more important that we emphasize that this bill is very much in keeping with the traditions of the civil rights movement. Dr. Martin Luther King very famously said, it's probably one of the most famous quotes in American history. It's up there with anything that Abraham Lincoln ever said or anything that George Washington or Thomas Jefferson ever said. Uh, Dr. King said that he dreamt of an America in which his daughters could grow up and be judged not on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. That is exactly what our bill seeks to ensure happens in Mississippi. And I, I think it's really important to allay those concerns, to understand them, to listen to them, but to reach out and allow people to understand that this bill is absolutely consistent with the founding principle of America that all Americans are created equal. I think it's, it's really important that we report what is in the bill accurately. I think it's very regrettable that some agitators, some, uh, one might say, left-wing journalists, 
have created a narrative that is largely fiction and stirred up this concern about a bill that is actually very inclusive for all Mississippians. That's Douglas Carswell, who's president and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Public Policy. More Mississippi edition after the break. You're listening to MPV Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Guidry. Douglas Carswell says a new ban on critical race theory is a positive step in Mississippi's winding path to racial reconciliation. John Horn disagrees. Horn was part of a cohort of black Senate Democrats who, a few months ago, walked out of the chamber as most of his white counterparts voted to pass Senate Bill 2113. He speaks with Desiree Frazier. I actually think that it's an egregious act on the part of Republicans uh, who pushed the bill. Uh, We don't have a a problem of even the teaching of critical race theory uh, in uh, the state in K-12 settings. And uh, as I understand it, critical race theory just looks at the impact that race has had on the imposition of laws and institutional policies in this country. And uh, for for us to, to pass legislation like this, I think it's race baiting. I think that uh, it's a solution in search of a problem. Uh, we don't have a problem of this kind of, of um, instruction going on in K-12. And, and even though I think it's, it's very much needed, I think that we, we really ought to be talking about the issue of race and how it has impacted the laws that have been put on the books in this country and the laws especially that have been put on the books in Mississippi. This is an issue that has become a hot-button issue across the nation. Isn't it only expected that if other states are doing this, uh, Republican states, Republican legislatures, that it would be done in Mississippi as well? Well, one thing that I notice about my Republican brothers and sisters is that they're good copycats. If a, if a piece of legislation has, be, has um, become successful or if an issue has become successful in another part of the country, it usually is rolled out in model legislation that comes out of conservative, conservative think tanks that um, uh, uh, encourage other states to do likewise. And I think this, this uh, critical race theory is just an example of that. I, from what I understand, uh, a, a candidate successfully used the issue of critical race theory to win an election in, in the governor's race in Virginia, and therefore it became model uh, legislation in other, other parts of the country. It's really, a, 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 um, I think it's a damnable action on the part of those who perpetrate it because uh, it, it is divisive, it is uh, something that is unnecessary, and yet I think people see it as a rallying cry, and uh, that's why they're doing it. The bill says no public institution or higher learning community, junior college, school district, or public school, including a public charter school, should direct or otherwise compel students to personally affirm, adopt, or adhere to any of the tenets uh, regarding sex, race, ethnicity, religion, or national origin 
that is inherently makes them feel inherently superior or inferior. Shouldn't people be concerned that information in class could have that effect on students? Well, our history is our history, and uh, we have some dark chapters in our history in this country and, and in the state. And I think the only way that we can get beyond that is that we talk about it and that we we instruct people about what really happened. We don't whitewash it. We don't try to cover it up. We don't uh, forbid folks from talking about it. Uh, we've got to, to get it get it out in the open and to discuss it and to make sure that we learn from it. We're not going to learn from ignorance. And this is an ignorant step, in, in my opinion. Before this issue became so widespread, people were saying that African-American history wasn't really being taught in schools. What is the difference now? That's, uh, I think, a question for the lawyer. Uh, What I worry about, however, is uh, a, uh, a black history program is conducted in a school that has a mixed population and a young child goes home and says, Mommy, Mommy, uh, we learned about Malcolm X in school today. And then that that mother would uh, possibly call uh, Shad White, our state auditor, who's already gone on record of going after folks for for free speech issues. And and, uh, uh, White may try to have that person charged with a crime, uh, have them uh, made uh, financially liable. The principal may get sued. The superintendent might get sued, the school district might get sued, all because of a Black History Month program. And I, I, I just I just think that we're, we're, we're sliding backwards in our thinking about how we address our history and that we, we should not be intimidated by a bill such as this to tell the truth about our history. Have you had occasion to talk to the Mississippi Department of Education? Because it appears, according to the bill, they have authority over this issue. And if it is violated by an institution, they can withhold funds. No, I have not spoken with the uh, state superintendent of education about the issue. I've talked to some individuals who are not in a position to comment about it. Um, and they're, they're, they're in a quandary as to what, what to do. They feel like they're being caught between a rock and a hard place. Do we educate and, and tell the, the whole truth about issues, or do, do we um, mince our words and, and uh, pick and choose what we talk about and how we talk about it? And I, I think that really inhibits education in its truest form. Do you see an opportunity in the future to turn this around, come up with a bill that would address this in a way that would remove the feelings that black legislators and others have about trying to address this issue? Unfortunately, Desiree, I do not see in this environment uh, a way forward. I I think we're going to have to figure a way around it, perhaps. Uh, But with a super Republican majority in both the House and the Senate, I don't see us being able to to, to uh, propose legislation that would be favorably received by our, our counterparts on the other side. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share about this issue? In the last couple of years, the, the state of Mississippi has done something monumental 
uh, in terms of, of uh, our decision to get rid of the uh, old flag, which had the Confederate battle flag in the Canton corner of the flag. I think that, that was a, a great step forward. But uh, what I've seen in the last couple of years since then is, is almost like a backlash uh, where our, our colleagues on the other side want to make it clear that things have not changed as much as they as we thought they they were with the uh, changing of the flag, and that's really that's really unfortunate. It was it's almost as if we've got to to really bow up and 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 show you that that uh, we're going to leave things pretty much like they are. It's just that we we just changed our symbol. That's Senator John Horn. He's a Democrat from Jackson. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Michael Guidry in for Desiree Frazier. Join us tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi Edition here on MPB Think Radio.